Hey, hey, it's Andy Honors, and welcome to another episode of Pod Slamma Jamma. It's officially game week, not just any game week, Big 12 game week, the first game ever for the Houston Cougars football team. As a member of the Big 12 Conference is right around the corner, September 2. Houston will be hosting UTSA. If we're going to get right into it, there's nothing else that we have to talk about other than Houston UTSA football week. <laughs> Joining me as always, Dayon Dunlap. How are you doing, sir? All is well, all is well. How about yourself? I'm doing great. So let's get right into it. Like we mentioned, it's game week after the long off season, after spring trainings, after the not spring trainings, the spring practices, spring balls, the off season workouts into the summer. It's here. It's Monday. We're going to hear from head coach Dana Holgerson. On Tuesday, we'll hear from the players. And then Saturday, there will be an official football game. The Houston Cougars, as a member of the Big 12 Conference, will be hosting UTSA at TDECU Stadium. Um, couldn't be a much more exciting time because finally, once fall starts, football season, best time of the year. Best time of the year. I was happy with the, the little appetizer of games we got this weekend. And so I can't wait. I'm happy. I'm anticipating um, the full list of games throughout the entire weekend. So let's start with the headline, which, of course, is Donovan Smith. He's finally was officially named uh, the quarterback one, the starter for the Houston Cougars on August 19th during the fan fest that they had ahead of the 2023 season. Uh, Not really much of a surprise when it came to one when Donovan Smith committed to the Houston Cougars and the hype video that dropped uh, when he officially made his announcement, uh, kind of the passing of the torch that was symbolized when Tank and Clayton Toon were part of that video, the hype video to show that he had committed to Houston. Of course, uh, when he announced the move, the Houston fans knew very well of Donovan Smith because of what he did to the Cougars a season ago in Lubbock and when he was a member of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So, like I said, now that he's going to be officially the starter for the Houston Cougars, Dayon, I'll toss it over to you. What were your initial thoughts? Um, Because there there seems to be a lot of excitement, not only from head coach Dana Horson, who gave him strong uh, reinforcement that he is the team's quarterback one, but from players as well specifically when it comes to the offensive line? I wasn't really surprised. I think he kind of hinted at him um, leading the pack throughout the entire um, summer and I think, I believe, the, the fall or however long, whenever he arrived. And so I wasn't really surprised. And so then I just kind of started to watch some highlights, look into some of the numbers of what he um, – his time at Texas Tech – and um, rewatch the game against Houston and see just different games just to kind of see his playing style and actually see how he is versus kind of speculate. I know Houston's offense is a little different. And when he explained it, the difference between the two, he said Houston, uh, Texas Tech was a little faster and Houston's a little bit more versatile in the way that they attack. And so um, I'm excited to see what he could do um, leading Houston. I think it's kind of a fresh start, not only for him, but um, of course for Houston and a brand new conference. And for him, um, kind of being the guy, he was never the guy at Texas Tech. I mean, he was mm-hmm. always com- um, 
inserted due to injury or something like that. He has some high moments and he has some low moments. Some of the span, the games that he started last year, he started seven of them. And he had some, some won three of those and lost two of those. I mean, you can look at the numbers, say he has some interceptions, a few touchdowns. But other than that, he can get the job done. So I can't wait to see him play and actually see how he's learned from the time he had at Tech. And now that he's the guy, he has the experience, he has the skill set. Now it's about seeing if he can put it all together. Yeah, to add on to your point, I mean, heading into the season last year for Texas Tech, Donovan Smith wasn't penciled in to be the starter. He was going to be the backup to Tyler Shook, who suffered an injury and that forced or that pushed Smith into that starting position for Texas Tech. Again, we saw firsthand what he did to Houston, but Smith was very instrumental in one of the big, arguably the biggest win for Texas Tech last season. That came against Texas and just how well he played in that game against the Longhorns just goes to show what he can do in bits and pieces. And I wanted to mention something that was uh, included in an article from the Houston Chronicle uh, this morning or over the weekend that, that really just talked about Donovan Smith and it kind of took his perspective going back to that game against Houston specifically, that fourth and 20 that, that we've really reiterated over the course of the past year, how close Houston was with escaping with a victory in Texas Tech. But in that article, uh, Donovan Smith was quoted in saying when he went on the field, there was less than 40 seconds left on the game clock. Texas Tech trailed by three after Houston had just hit a go-ahead field goal. And Smith talks about how he could see fans starting to leave the stadium in Lubbock. And he didn't let that get to him. He stayed the course. He stayed calm. And he marched Texas Tech right down the field for the game-tying field goal, which ended up forcing overtime. And, of course, we know what happened in overtime to the detriment of the Houston Cougars. But that just goes to show a little bit of the mental fortitude that Donovan Smith has. Yeah, the composure that he has. And I think that those experiences right there is kind of what you lean on to see. Okay, not only does he have um, the ability to stay calm in adverse situations, but he can actually lead and excel in those situations. So, like I just said, it um, with him being the guy um, noticeably and him kind of having not really having to really look over his shoulder in a sense of not, I don't know. He hasn't said this, but you would think just being a player not not penciled in as the starter. Then once you have a couple bad moments, I'm sure to play on your psyche. But I'm excited to see him, man. I think he, that does show his mental strength. But I'm excited for his versatility. Um, one thing I did know and I learned in watching the availability with the linebackers coach, um, Archie Manning, Donovan's dad and Archie has been friends for over 10 plus years. So that's that was the connection for him when he entered a transfer portal, which got him to Houston. So with that connection, for me, I think it says a lot with the connection that he has with that coaching staff and him really having a connection with Houston and wanted to impl- um, impl- make his own mark out from who he is as a quarterback and show that he could actually lead a team especially in the big 12 and so i think he's hungry and i think um he can lead houston how far he can lead houston is yet to be determined how much versatility do you feel he adds to a potential houston offense now when we think of clayton tune obviously we always talked about the experience that he brought to the table um he was a little bit of a dual threat versatile quarterback as well i feel like donovan smith when it comes to just being an athlete he could potentially be much more used much more as a weapon when it comes to being able to include using his legs much more often certainly much more frequently maybe much more comfortable than the coaching staff was when clayton tune did it in years past yeah, I think so. And I think not only that, 
I think why Houston didn't use Clayton Tune as much is because of depth behind him. They had a focus on not running him too much. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's a focus on wanting to keep Donovan Smith healthy. But with Lucas behind him, I think they may be a little – oh, I don't want to say that because that doesn't really sound good. But with his versatility to your question, I think he has just as much versatility as Clayton Tune. I think he's a little bit more of a power runner. I think he's more athletic, in my opinion, than Clayton Tune. So I think they will be more of an onus to have some uh, – uh, quarterback run plays and quarterback power plays, quick passing game. I think he he likes to get the ball out quick and he's decisive with the decision making. He will go through the reads and read the field. But if you keep him ahead of the chains, allow his legs to be a factor, especially those uh, third and two, third and three, I think he can really be utilized a lot, especially in the goal line with his size and his strength. You think of like Cam Newton or, or a Josh Allen, how big they are and how they can run physically in um, the goal line inside the 20, inside the 10, I think you can really see his versatility a lot. And his arm strength, I mean, he can make all the throws from all across the field, down the field, deep ball accuracy. So I'm excited to see him for a full stretch of game to see how consistent he can be because it was up and down through his time at Texas Tech. That's why in the time that he played, he didn't sustain and earn his way to be um, an outright starter. We talked about his mental toughness, also um, noteworthy from that Houston Chronicle article. Uh, it also focused on his leadership, in particular when it comes to the trust he was able to build with his offensive lineman, in particular Jack Freeman, um, and his left tackle, Patrick Paul, as well. It was kind of funny when, when I was reading it. He said that they went two months, Jack Freeman specifically went two months without talking to Donovan Smith when he first transferred into the Cougars. And it slowly, gradually, that relationship built a trust. Obviously, we've heard about the getaway trip that all those three individuals had in Las Vegas, um, where Donovan Smith is from. And that's really where the team chemistry started to build from that point forward. And something that head coach Dana Hogerson has said uh, through the course of training camp availabilities, just how organic that process was and how it really seems like he's been able to galvanize, in particular, not just the offensive line, but the entire offense around him. They see him as a clear-cut leader going forward and heading into the season. I think when you're integrating yourself with a new team, new place, you want to be yourself and you don't want to force relationships. So I I think that's um, to the benefit of himself and to his teammates accepting who he is and not trying to force relationships because him coming in, he doesn't know the relationship that Jack may have had with Lucas. They could have been really close friends. So I think just naturally like that organic play out was a good decision from him. He actually talked about that in his availability. So if you guys want to go to our YouTube channel, Donovan um, speaks about his relationship with Jack and how organically form and how they how close they are now and so I think it's smart for him to do that you don't want people to kind of people are naturally going to perceive you based on what they see and they want to actually get to know you and um, see how organic he is and how I would say how genuine he is with the relationships that it seemed that he seemed to be and wanted to actually earn their trust, earn their respect, especially as a football player, as a quarterback. You want to allow your work to earn their respect. You want to come in and necessarily talk, talk, talk. You want to allow the work and your performance to kind of lead the way. And I sound like he's done that from everything that we've heard. So as we uh, digress, um, kind of from moving away from talking about Donovan Smith, specifically just to the overall Houston Cougars football team, the 2023 season, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is going to be their first year ever as a Big 12 program. Um, a lot of challenges. Uh, this is going to be the toughest schedule they've had in years when it comes to just the amount of teams that they have to play, who they're playing week in and week out. But we haven't done it on Pod Slam and Jamma specifically, so 
Dayon, let's go through the schedule. And I've, I've in previous and other shows that I've done, like folks talking sports in particular, Chris and, and uh, Will give me a hard time because I realistically think that this Houston Cougars football team can win at minimum six, seven games. Maybe I'm just being a homer, but I'm curious to get your thoughts on that aspect. So let's get into Let's start week one against UTSA. Obviously, this upcoming Saturday, September 2, the Roadrunners, we know what happened last season when Houston had to go to San Antonio and play them. It was a hell of a game. Went to three overtimes. We know the story. How much, how different, what does it, what do you expect from Houston this time when they open against UTSA, this time at TDECU Stadium? I expect Houston to get out to a faster start versus how, um, what they didn't do last mm-hmm. year against UTSA. I think that will be a factor. I think the crowd actually will be electric. I'm expecting an electric crowd against UTSA. And um, UTSA, I think Frank Harris, their quarterback, I think he will play well. He lost um, his best receiver who transferred out, lost a couple others, but they still have a lot of talent. They hit the porter as well, but – I'm expecting Houston to win that game, honestly. I think Houston comes out, roster momentum. I think Donovan Smith plays really well. I think he spreads the ball around to Houston's receivers. And I think the running um, – the dual – not the dual threat, the running back by committee um, will, will play well. I think uh, we'll have a plethora of running backs that will play well. And Houston defense and turnovers will be the difference. That's what I'm expecting. Turnovers to be the difference. Donovan Smith used to play well. I agree 100%. I think the biggest uh, pause for concern when it comes to UTSA is the experienced quarterback in Frank Harris and just how much, uh, not to sound redundant, but again, just how many games he has under his belt. Um, That's always going to pose a challenge because he's seen uh, multiple things, a thing or two when it comes to what opposing defense do to try to stop him. But I agree 100% with you and most definitely when it comes to setting the tone for the season. I think that the tone, whether it's good or bad for the Houston Cougars, will be set week one and how well they they do against UTSA. And I'm also curious to see how much of the turnout is. Uh, we expect it to be a sellout when it comes to September 16th against TCU. We know that when Texas comes to town, that's going to be a sellout. But be curious to see what the turnout is against UTSA. First game ever as a Big 12 program, but... UTSA, it's not those marquee matchups when it comes to the big names. Just to see if they can get a sellout for week one or close to it. I think so. I think they can. I don't know if it'd be a sellout to like the last sellout that we've seen with Louisville, like it will be with Texas, like we know. But I think it will be a sellout. I think the crowd, I think the students are going to be electric for sure, like they always are. But I think the hype, for the Big 12, along with the excitement from last year's game, if they, in my in my mind, if they advertise it right, in my opinion, in which they can to to build the anticipation and the excitement from last game even more, I think they can reach a seller. I think they can. I, in my opinion, I think the media department. I'm not saying I'm not saying this to call them out or whomever is in charge of that, but they can do so much better and and um, advertising the football team in general. Well, that 6 p.m. kickoff slated for week one, September 2 against at 
in T- at TDC Stadium against UTSA. We both have we both say that that's going to be a win for Houston. So that definitely would be a good tone setter. The Cougars come out, especially if they impose their will and they look dominant in that game. On to week two, September 9th, the first road game for Houston. Although it won't necessarily be a true road game, they're just going to be traveling on a 10 minute, 15 minutes down the street to Rice for week two. Now, obviously, these two programs played last year, and the Owls gave the Cougars everything that they could handle and almost were able to pull away a stunning victory at literally came down to the final play of the game where I thought that they had connected on a last-second touchdown, but the receiver wasn't able to hang on to it, and Houston escaped with the win, this time at Rice, another 6 p.m. tip-off. I think Houston. Houston definitely is not only going to win this game, but they have to send a message after last year's outcome. Yeah, they, they blow out Rice. They blow out Rice. So right there, we're in agreement. We're 2-0. and And now here's, here's where things start to get a little dicey. And that's week three, the first conference game for the Houston Cougars this season. Again, at TDCU Stadium, Houston will be hosting TCU, the reigning college football finalist when it comes to their national relevance that TCU was able to establish last year. Obviously, uh, a lot of a different team that will be in town for that one, but that's going to be the first Big 12 challenge. Like we mentioned, that'll be a sellout. It's going to be another night game. There's going to be a lot of hype around Houston finally being able to host a Big 12 opponent as a member of the Big 12 conference. What you say, down? win or lose for that game? That one's a tough game. I, I go back and forth on that game because I think TCU is going to lose their opener to Colorado. Um, that's going to be some somewhat of an upset to them. But they're going to win that following week against, I think, Nichols. Then their first road game at Houston. Houston's ride on a 2-0. That's a tough game. I think Houston can win that game. But I don't know if I'm going to definitively say that they're going to win the game like I did against Rice. So, but I think it's a game that they can win. Uh, in my opinion, I'm not going to just pencil in a loss um, just because TCU was riding off what they ride last year. They lost a lot of players, a lot of NFL talent off of their roster, a lot of it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a game Houston can win. But, and that's not even be this fan of Houston speaking. I just objectively watching college football, watching TCU. It's a game that they can win. They can win, for sure. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't. I don't. I, just, I can't, I don't know. It's a game that they can't win. So it's a toss up for you. Um, I, I agree 100%. I, I see your viewpoint. It, we don't necessarily know what TCU is going to look like. So I, it'll definitely be interesting to see what they look like week one against Colorado. I could see it. There's going to be so much hype. There's going to be a lot of buzz in that stadium for that game. First Big 12 conference game for Houston. But I, I'm going to stay consistent with what I've said since the schedule came out. I'm, I'm going to pencil that as a loss for Houston. So I have them 2-1. I, I think it's closer to a toss-up. I agree with you, but I'll, I'll go 2-1. And, and do you want to go 3-0 or do you, you want to go 2-1 for you? It's a pick em game for me. Um, just for – I'm gonna go three and zero. I'm gonna go three and zero. I'm gonna go three and zero. But I'm not that high. I gotta see TCU. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a game TCU is not not a Kansas State. They're not a. They're they're good and they got a lot of talent. But 
they like a nah matter of fact, I will go two and one. Just objectively, we'll go two and one. I think yeah, we'll go two and one. I think they can lose that game, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win that game. No, heading into week four, we both have them at two and one. I'll say this: if they're heading into week four three and zero, oh, uh, all that buzz for the Houston Cougars football program will be at an all time high as they march to, against Sam Houston. That another TDSU game, uh, September twenty three, uh, six p.m. kickoff time. This even more so than Rice. This, this should be a lopsided victory for the Cougars. Agree? I agree. They beat Sam Houston. They beat Sam Houston. So now we both heading into the final game of September, September 30th at Texas Tech. This is going to be the first true road game for Houston, the first true game where they have to leave the city of Houston by this point. And it's a rematch of a season ago. They have to go up to Lubbock and play the Texas Tech Red Raiders. We both have them going into this game three and one. Obviously, um, this will be the revenge game somewhat for Donovan Smith. Now he's going to be on the Houston sideline. He's going to be in very familiar territory. I think that finally after, and we've been saying it, it seems like we say it every year, but I think finally this will be the year that Houston dethrones and, and topples Texas Tech. It, it, it's about time after the previous two meetings um, that have not gone Houston's way. I'm going to go back. I'm going to say they beat TCU, but they lose to Tech. They mm. lose their first losses to Tech. They're riding high on Tech, but it's just something about Tech, first row game. I don't know what Tech, I think they look. Nah, because I had got a friendly bet, too. <laughs> mm. oh, but I, objectively, I can't. You don't see them being 5-0. and oh. I don't see them being 5-0. and oh. I, I I think they lose to Tech. I, I will go my score. I think they lose to Tech. Gotcha. So you have them. I, we both have them at four and one. I think potentially, depending on that TCU game, you could see them being three and two. I think they'll be four and one at this point. I think they they win out non conference, and I think they they win one of TCU Texas Tech. So I think they're four and one. Um, you also agree that they're four and one potentially three and two because of that toss up. Yeah, you go four and one. I think they beat TCU. I think they beat TCU. Gotcha. So we're both four, four and one. Yeah. Heading into uh, a bye week. They have a bye week after Texas Tech. And then coming off the bye, they host West Virginia on a Thursday night game, October 12th. And again, I think this is a win for Houston, West Virginia. Um, In the bottom half of the Big 12 Conference, they're actually picked dead last to finish in a conference when it comes to the media preseason poll, which obviously you don't take too much stock into that. But that just goes to show where that program um, the aura of that program is heading into the season now. That could completely change by this point. We'll have a great idea of who Houston is and who West Virginia is. But I say that's a win. I think that's five and one for Houston at this point. I agree. That's a win. So here, no, no, something's wrong because we are we are t- stacking up these wins. So we both have them at five and one, which again would would. Yeah, be they I got them losing their next two against Texas and Kansas State. 
Gotcha. They do have a very, a very top uh, loaded back end of the schedule, which begins, like you just mentioned, October 21 against Texas. We both have the Cougars going five and one heading into this game. If Houston is indeed five and one at this point and Texas for the Longhorns, the expectations are sky high. They're favorites to win the Big 12 Conference. They're expected to be not only uh, competing for Big 12 championship, but among the those top teams for a national championship outright and this will be the first time that the Texas Longhorns visit the University of Houston campus for in 20 plus years since the Longhorns were last on campus I've been consistent about it since the before even the schedule came out I think it'll be we know guaranteed it'll be a crazy atmosphere it'll be a sellout Houston has been waiting this game. The fans, the old alumni in particular, longtime alumni, have been waiting for this for decades. I think Houston rides that high, and they topple Texas. And at this point, based on our, my prediction, they'd be 6-1. and one. What say you? I thought they lose to Texas. Texas, too much talent. I think it's close. I think it's a close game. Last moment field goal or last moment drive. It's a close game, heartbreaker, where Houston fans are going to be happy that Houston fought hard and didn't get blown out. But I'm expecting Texas to get that W. Mm-hmm. So then you have them at 5-2. and two. I have them at 6-1, and one, which now like, they get through it. There might be a game here that where they drop that they probably shouldn't. Six and one is pretty, pretty optimistic. But now we get into that second half of the schedule, the top, the loaded portion. Um, and Again, the road games start coming at Kansas State. That's a loss. I have that penciled in as loss at this point of the season. Most definitely. So you have them at five and three. I have them at six and two. And the next game for Houston is in Waco at the Baylor Bears. Again, I have that being a loss for the Houston Cougars, dropping them to six and three. What say you? Yep. I got them. They're going to lose that one, I think. So then you have them at five and four at this point. And now the Cougars return home November 11th against Cincinnati. Home game, uh, former American Athletic Conference foes. This will be the first time that the both programs have met since the 2021 American Athletic Conference championship game. Very different look from both teams, and in particular when it comes to the coaching staff at Cincinnati. I think this is a game that the Cougars win after a two-game skid. And at this point, they'll be seven and three. Would say you, Dan? Yeah, I think homecoming week against Cincinnati. They're going like you just said. They have a co- uh, head coaching change. I expect Houston to beat Cincinnati. So then that would put them at six and four for you. Like I said, I have them at seven and three. Now we'd head into the final home game of the season, November eighteenth against Oklahoma State. Would say you? I th- I, th- I think this could be closer to a toss up. For the sake of the wins, not to, to seem stack up, I'm gonna say that they're gonna lose that game. That would put them at seven and four for me. I'm gonna say they win that game. It's been over the last few years. Oklahoma State has faded when you get towards the end of the year. They always start out hot, but then as the year goes on, they just seem to fade. And I think that's going to be something that continues. They're also having a new quarterback who transferred in. I can't remember where from where, but I got Houston winning that game. 
So at this point, we both have Houston at 7-4 and four, heading into the final game of the season. And this is going to be a uh, very brutal place to play. Another former American Athletic Conference foe at UCF in Orlando. That's always a hard environment to play in. Uh, the Knights are really, really hard to beat up there. And that's why Houston falls to finish the season 7-5, and five, would say you. Yeah, and that's a good smell. It's on Dana Hoverson matchup. They both know each other really, really well. You know, a lot of history between those two guys. I really like Gus Malzahn as a coach. I love the way he motivates and gets his guys ready. Just something about the way he coaches. And I think UCF is going to win that game. So we both have them at 7-5 and five to end the season, which uh, would qualify them to – play in a bowl game, which um, athletic director Chris Pesman has said is the goal for year one in the Big 12. Obviously, I'm sure the team has higher aspirations, but looking at the conference schedule, we both have TCU as a toss-up. You say they win that game. Um, I have Texas Tech as a win. You have Texas Tech as a loss, so we flip-flop on that. They're 1-1, one 2-1, and 2-2. One, two and one, two and two. We have a matter about five and four when it comes to their first ever conference schedule in the big 12 around 500, which um, I think most Houston fans would be happy with if that's their first inaugural big 12 season, especially if they defeat Texas. I know I have them winning that game. You have them losing that game, but would say you around 500 for the first big 12 season. Are you okay with that? Are you satisfied with that? I would be okay with that. I would be satisfied with that. I think that would um, put Houston in a good enough position just to continue to build on the momentum of being in the Big 12. So I think following that, the recruiting would be continue to get better. Everything just around the football program, I think, will continue to be, get better. And um, I, I think you can view that as a successful season. I don't think we don't think we hear Dana come out and say what his expectations are because that's something <laughs> – Hinted at last year, but never really specified what his expectations were. But I think um, for me, that would be a, a good year. I would, I would like to see. I want to see Donovan how he is for a full stretch of games and not looking over his shoulder. I, uh, do I think they still get um, Lucas Coley some pack? I still he think he does, especially if it's a big win against Rice. He, I'm sure he gets him so. I still, I, it's yet to be determined. One, one thing I can't wait to say, I think um, when we were talking about different position groups, a lot of that I really didn't even know because I, it was just there's so many new players. And then after mm-hmm. watching availability, then doing the research on more players, I think Houston's defense um, is going to be a lot better than they were last year. I think they got some really good players who can really, really make some plays. And one of them is A.J., um, uh, how you pronounce his last name? Is it Halsey? He came over from mm-hmm. uh, New Mexico. Uh, I think he's going to be a, a star. I think he's going to be a, a star on Houston's defense on that back end. And so I'm excited. Yeah, he comes with a lot of accolades in his first year with the Houston Cougars. And I tend to agree with you, and particularly when it comes to the offensive the offensive side of things for Donovan Smith, I think it's a big benefit to him uh, how solidified the offensive line is when it comes to, again, the two important positions, the center and the left tackle position. But I think kind of to what you just 
touched on with the defense. There are a lot of players that were brought in to beef up that offensive line, not when it comes to not only when it comes to the starters, but just the backups as well. That's something that Dana Horton has said in the past. Um, if you want to be a successful Power Five program, you need to be able to have backups that can step in and not be a drop off. Be physically able to play the role and i think houston has brought in a lot of depth to be able to solidify not only the offensive line but at various positions we know that the receiving core is going to be stellar they're going to be the one group that you feel confident about at least right now as we're recording this august 27th before a single game has kicked off we feel really confident about the receivers but with the, the consistency when it comes to um, the offensive line the offensive line is going to determine how successful Houston's offense is, in my opinion. We've heard Dana Holgerson mention throughout the course of last season uh, they struggled to be able to set the, the running game most of the games last season. That's going to be another point of emphasis for the coaching staff. This season, if they are able to establish the run game successfully, that's going to just open up Pandora's box. A lot of versatility for Houston's offense, and they'll be able to put up a lot of points on the board in their inaugural Big 12 season. Running game is definitely essential to success of the offense. I think it'll be more of a, a um, zone scheme running game. Just looking back on um, last year, watching some two-lane games and Spears with the um, success that he'd had, and I think it's going to be a lot of a lot of zone running um, schemes, and which would be different how I used to had last year. And um, Donovan Smith, I think that he's going to have. A, a big year and he could potentially have a big year and, and leave for the draft with his measurables, with the way he, some of the tape that he has out there, if he can be consistent throughout the year, he may can be a one and done type player in regards to being at Houston. But I'm excited for this Houston team. I think defensively, they're going to really, really, really make a lot of noise. And speaking of depth, like you just said, that's what makes SAC Ave so good because they had depth and can be able to have waves and keep their top guys fresh. And I think they'll be able to get back to that this year. I think with Cedric Williams in the middle, we didn't, I didn't, we didn't mention him last year, but I think Brandon Mack is going to have a really big year. And also David, who came over from Oklahoma. I think those two guys, along with Nessa Caesar, and along with Dye, just the, the, the numbers and strength they have in rushing the quarterback, being able to get pressure without blitzing and letting them, letting them cover, allowing the back end to cover and make plays is really going to be to the benefit of the offense as well because they'll get turnovers. Mm-hmm. And I, a lone silver lining we can take away from the defensive performance last season is that there really is only one way for them to, to go, and that's up going forward. And But they are really will be tested night in and night out, especially in the back end of that schedule. So I think it's interesting to see how Houston's um, – schedule has played out i think there's going to be a lot of games for them to be able to work out some kings right off the gate uh, utsa will be a tough um opponent but rice sam houston those could be some games but at least again on paper where you know they could work through some things and hopefully build their confidence up once they get into the meat and potatoes of the big 12 schedule and again if they're riding high they're five and one six and one and they can upset a Texas who knows from a confidence confidence perspective what that can propel them to when they do get into that brutal stretch in the back end of the schedule so again exciting times this is their first big 12 schedule and we're just anxious to see how the program does now officially a power five school and who knows who saw TCU having a run that they had last year 
I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to have that same run, but just looking at the schedule with the talent they've assembled, if Donovan Smith can have a big year, Houston can have that run. That's what's so beautiful about college football. We can have all these expectations, but it really takes one magical year. And we see it all the time in college basketball. They call it Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I mean, I would I, I would be surprised if Houston did that. But just looking at the talent that they have and with the potential of Donovan Smith, if he's able to put it together with the weapons around him, the offensive line and what they're bringing in, the running game and the defense, if it, if it comes together like it can, and which is a, is a huge if, but it's possible. I mean, who would have thought – who would have – no one that I know would have guessed TCU would have had the run that they had last year. You look at the quarterback they had, Max Duncan, he's been there. He's seen a while. He played a lot, but he wasn't the starter coming into the season. But his experience, his ability to stay level-headed in games, which we talked about with Donovan, his ability to have that mental fortitude to fight through adversity and still come out on top. So he has those characteristics, and he got talent around him, a good offensive coach. I want to see what they can do. But I wouldn't – I would be surprised, but at the same time, I would be like, I mean, it happens every year, so why not Houston? Mm-hmm. The good thing now, Dayon, is that the time for talking is over. The games are right around the corner. And on that note, we'd like to remind everybody that Let's Rage Cougs will be is right around the corner. We'll be back on Saturday following the conclusion of Houston and UTSA, the inaugural game of the season. We'll see how the Cougars will be talking all about the Cougars and Roadrunners and what went well in that game, what went bad in that game, and anything else in between. So be sure to catch that now here on the Potsdam Jamma YouTube channel as well this Saturday shortly after the end of Houston UTSA. Uh, we would uh, be remiss to not mention, of course, we'd like to send out our condolences, our deep condolences to the University of Houston Cougars men's basketball program and uh, the Reggie Cheney family as well. After the sudden passing of Reggie Cheney, which, uh, Dan, I'm going to toss it over to you for, for your thoughts. But when I learned of the news, I I, I had a pit in my stomach. I couldn't believe it. Um, such a just tragic event, tragic news to that you had to see um and honestly just unbelievable that um, someone that's my age um had his life cut short um our deepest condolences to again the cheney family and the houston careers men's basketball program yeah it's just sad man like you said it's just sad to see someone so young um in my interactions with them just seems so genuine. I mean, you hear people say it's nothing but good things about him, and in my interactions, this is exactly what I felt with him. And so, condolences to his family and friends first and foremost, and then to the Houston program because there was his extended family. And so, just surprised. And I mean, you hate to see someone so young um, transition into the next phase. Mm-hmm. He was always willing to give his time, and like you said. Um, we never had to. He was always reliable when it came to media. And of course, we know how highly um, his fellow teammates and Kelvin Sampson spoke of him over the course of the seasons. And he will forever be part of that um, Final Four team. But again, our condolences to his family and to the Houston Cougars program. On that note, we're going to close out. As always, Dayon, you get the final word. Well, before I give those final words, I want to um, say that we're open for sponsorship. We have over a thousand YouTube subscribers, have, have quite a bit of viewers who view our um, platform quite well. And so if you're interested in being a sponsor for us here on our podcast and as well as our Let's Race Cougs, be sure to contact us. We are um, 
like to grow our platform and do it quietly well. I want to pat ourselves on the back, but we're definitely open to sponsorship. And you can't end an episode without saying go Cougs.